0: Hello and welcome to the Not for Profits podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Trina Parham,
1: and I'm David Devon.
0: And this is a place where we spill the tea on the nonprofit industry and what goes on behind the scenes. We are two seasoned uh, black nonprofit professionals, and um, that's what we do here.
1: So. That's right. That's right.
0: So uh, we have a list now. We're you know we're growing this thing, growing our podcast and um we want to make sure that we stay in touch so if you'd like to do that um be sure to get on our list
1: yes yes and hopefully you all have been seeing that we've been sharing um on our social media and linkedin Trina i know on facebook as well um and at the bottom of the show notes you'll see that there's a link a bitly bitly link <laughs> to not-for-profits and you'll uh, jump on our listserv and we'll be sending out some content, reminder of new episodes, um, some kind of choice uh, ideas and, and themes that have emerged and actions you can take uh, in terms of your own work and personal life. So we're excited to, to, you know, learn with you all as to what's the the right type of content to share and what can be impactful um, as real follow up from from the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll certainly keep you informed about that. So if you want to get on the list, you can go to bit.ly forward slash not for profits. And also just want to encourage you to like, um, give us a rating on this podcast, share it with other nonprofit professionals who you think might be interested or who could really um, benefit from these conversations that we've been having. So uh, thank you so much. And
1: yes, so thank you.
0: today's topic... <laughs> Um, we're talking about the vis- the villain isn't always white. Now, always this white. is <laughs> this <laughs> is one of those topics <laughs> that um, I think can be hard to talk about for um, black people, especially because I don't know about you, David, but I I can sometimes I sometimes feel protective of other black people in the workplace, even if they're not necessarily on my side. And I think we we often think of, you know, it's all about the racism, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the primary issue that we have in the workplace. But sometimes the villain, sometimes the, the perpetrator, sometimes the problem are people that look like you.
1: Yes. Yes. And I'll agree that in these situations, whether it's a peer, whether it's someone you're reporting to, whether it's someone you're managing, um, especially the work that we've done, which has been primarily in. Uh, white-led, white led uh, white dominant nonprofits you know who's watching you know that if you uh, were to call something out whether officially or unofficially that the implications of that are going to be much harsher because you might be um, calling out someone who is black or is in a, a person of color black or brown person because of the, the culture you're working in so it is really challenging to to, to walk that line of, su- you know, trying to support someone in <laughs> helping them recognize something that they're doing that can be harmful, but also not wanting the weight of the institution and the institution's bias to fall on that person at the same time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you think there's a false sense of security um, when your boss is black?
1: I would say yes, but it's almost like a, um, it's time bound. So let me say, <laughs> I feel like there's, when I come in and I have that sense of security, I, I feel like I can be myself sooner, that I'll come in with more of a benefit of the doubt, probably. Whereas when someone's of another identity, I think I'll be a little bit more careful as to how I show up in those first meetings, you know, how much I'm laughing, how much I'm this, what I bring into the conversation that might be from the culture, from family, from et cetera. But very often, I wouldn't say all the time, but very often there's a moment that comes where I realize, oh <laughs> I need to be just as careful here. It might be for different reasons, but I need to be just as careful here as I would be with potentially a, you know, white boss, another A person of color who's a boss and um so does that make sense that I I can jump in it
0: does it does I I think there's a a sense of there's something about your circumstance that they get Mm -hmm. right they get the struggles they get the challenges they get what you're going to be up against in this environment in this work environment um but at the same time you know They could be a company man or woman like anybody else. And so I think that's where the challenge comes in. And I think that's where it can create a false sense of security. I think it depends on the person, obviously. But a lot of times I think that we can be afraid to address some of the topics that have to do with the fact that this boss is black or or another person of color. And that's another conversation that we can get into. But I I think that feeling of this should be okay, or I don't want to get them in trouble if something comes up. I don't want to rock the boat for them, even though there's an issue. And, and I think a lot of black leaders, a lot of black folks out in the workplace um, can, can hold themselves back, even though this person could be terrorizing them. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's that that sense of, I don't know, responsibility in some ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and one thing I, I think in what we're talking about that I'd love to hear from you. Do you get the sense that when you first start working with a black person that they're kind of like, hey, I'm black, you're black. We're in this together. We like you. We, sister, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for you. Like, do you get that in the initial sense? And then you start to recognize like how true that is as you start working together
0: um i think in my experience it's been mixed i've had environments where people have been warm and welcoming from the outset and that has continued Mm. and then i've had experiences where i've met someone i've had a black boss and it's like oh this is just this is a wait and see kind of thing (laughs) um and so it's it's been a mixed bag and then there's people who I thought were really great in the beginning and then turned out to be terrible so what has your experience been like with having um a black boss have you ever had a villain in your work life who was non-white
1: yeah yeah it's and and the way that it plays out um is different so I think the the things that have come up for me and I was thinking a lot about this is you start off you're building a relationship you're having some conversations and then you might realize you know what our values are not aligned and not that they always need to be but there'll be instances that happen like you know 2020 around the uprisings for racial justice and you as a black person and other black people are figuring out what is how do i navigate this work environment with all of these expectations from me to show up in these equity spaces for the you know we're not racist marketing for all these things and you're you're coming together as black people and then there'll be some people will be like yeah this is so awful we need to do better Our organizations need to do better and then other people will be like well you know didn't that person kind of have a coming, coming for them? You know, mm. it was in, it was about mm-hmm. that time, you know, they were this, they were that, you know, look at the way they conducted themselves. Like right. those sorts of things all of a sudden start emerging. And for me, it makes me more trepidatious, more cautious when those sorts of things start coming up that may not have been a topic of conversation before when there wasn't a perceived crisis, like that crisis gives you a lot of information, Mm -hmm. as to where the values and principles of someone um, lie and, therefore, what might be fueling the way that they make decisions about programs, processes, procedures, promotions. You know, you start to get a sense of what those biases are. Um, And so it's been things like that. It's also been the, um, the challenge around black excellence. Yes. Where... No matter what, if the person is amazing and and well-structured and all that stuff, if they're messy and things are all over the place, there's always this thing of like, we need to do this for ourselves and for each other and show up and work twice as hard to get half as far and all of these things, which in many cases at a societal level is true, that doesn't mean that we don't need to have an actual system and process for this thing so that we can be able to measure it, understand how we're actually doing, make sure that people are not being, you know, given too much work and others not. Um, it can't just always just be about the striving element. It has to be the equity part too. Um, I can go on, but yeah. Yeah, um, I,
0: I think another, another thing with a lot of bosses, black bosses that I've experienced is there's such a scarcity mindset and it's like the idea that there can only be one. You know, I think it was that scene in in The Lord of the Rings where he's like, no, only one. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of like that in these places where and then when someone else comes in it feels like a threat because it's like, well, you can't take my spot. There's only one spot and I'm already here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that scarcity mentality sets up other pits black people against each other at work. And so you might have a boss in a And a subordinate or whoever's on their team can end up in this battle because of that feeling like, okay, maybe this person is starting to outshine me and I can't let that happen because I know only one of us can survive here. And so as a result of that, I think a lot of black bosses tend to do things that um, are harmful. Now, I can say some of the worst bosses I've ever had have been black women. But also some of the best bosses I've had have been black women. Mm-hmm. And some of the worst bosses I've had have been white women and white men. <laughs> and You know what I mean? And, and black men. Yeah. So there's there's been a mix for me. But I think this, this thought process, I think sometimes what happens with black folks is we aren't given the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. So if someone performs, if you have a bad boss who's black, then all of a sudden, every black boss is going to be terrible mm. and we're not given the chance to say, okay, I'm moving on to this other person. This is a black boss. And you know, this person was really great for me.
1: And that's, and that's a really, a really great point that, um, in the way that you started, Trina, recognizing that if we see someone who looks like us, that is messing up and, and messing up in many different ways that could mean, they're doing amazing things, but you know the culture is not ready for it of this organization. Right. Um, or they are doing things where are like, why are you doing that? This is really harmful. We know that if they get targeted, they get labeled, they get kicked out, there's going to be this element of, well, we tried the black person in leading this thing, and black people leading this just doesn't work. right? Where we've seen many people of other identities be in positions, not do well and move on, And there isn't this assessment that this identity is not capable of showing up in this position well for our organization. Yes. And another piece that you you named that I wanted to speak on is the, what I'm hearing is like, is there an element of internalized anti-blackness that you see showing up sometimes in the bosses that you've had? Mm. In the way that they're navigating the the workplace.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. And I think... There's a lot of internalized misogyny, anti-blackness, massage noir—all those things that impact you at work. So I had an experience back in the day uh, when I started in city government, and one of the bosses in the office, this black guy. Um, and now I had been at this—I had been there less than a week, maybe two weeks, maybe. And you know, my my hair is natural. I was, you know kind of wearing my afro my hair was out and whatever. And um, he called me buckwheat. Wow. And I'm like, clearly he does not know me. <laughs> <laughs> does not know what I'm capable of. So I was so taken aback. And I'm like, re- really? That That's what you're on here? Mm-hmm. And so that automatically put me on the defensive. I'm like, who says that? Yeah. And so I went home and I made a poster and I put a buckwheat field on it. Mm -hmm. And I put a pic, I put pictures of all these black women. It was like Jill Scott, Erica Badu, like um, Angela Davis. It was just like all these women on there. And I took this poster and I hung it up on my board at my desk. Mm. And everyone was walking by and asking about this buckwheat poster (laughs) I said, you should, you should ask the folks in this office why I have this up. And he walked by and he saw it and he never bothered me again. And he got on my side after that. I was (laughs) like, because this is all I'm going to say to you. You get one time. Yeah. And it's those. And I, I think that the trouble though. So I've had many moments or instances like that in my career that made me always have to be ready always have to be ready with a comeback or an offensive or something like that. And I I will say in that circumstance that I did have black colleagues and other folks who were supportive of me. Mm -hmm. But again, this coming from a boss was very disheartening. Now at the time I was young, I was eager. I had an appetite to just grow and hustle in my career. But when you have too many of those on your back, it becomes extremely stressful, draining, and it burns you out.
1: Yes. Yes. And 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 to that point and connected, you know, as you've said, like the there's this, you know, balance and a scale here. I've had black bosses where they are the ones within a nonprofit and organization who are the only ones who will tell me like it is.
0: Yes. <laughs> who will Absolutely. help me
1: really understand what is happening in this environment. Let's get beyond the marketing, beyond the performance in meetings and all these the performative elements like what is really happening and then I've had other people who are also black who are constantly making me question wait I just experienced this thing I'm pretty sure that just happened and then I talk with them and they're saying no no it's not like that or no that's not that bad you know sometimes people do these things but overall it's great and blah 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 and they're just in this place of uh I don't know if it's willful delusion in order for their Probably. own survival, <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is, or it's like I know I need to say certain things so that people don't leave. Um, and and I have heard, I've heard heard of stories of people saying they were interviewing somewhere and someone saying to them who was black, um, "You don't want to work here." Right. <laughs> Let me tell you <laughs> about how things are here let me be honest, you do not want to work here for these reasons. And they were very thankful that they, they, you know, heeded that advice and ended. You
0: know. I, I certainly have been given that advice by other black people. That has been very helpful. Even if I ended up taking the job, but knowing that they laid out what the challenges were as best they could without completely scaring me off. Although they kind of sort of tried to tell me, um, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. What about, yourself as a black man and, and a being a boss, Mm -hmm. what has been your experience with folks that have been on your teams and things like that? And how have you navigated that particularly with other, with black, with other black people and then maybe people of color?
1: Yes. Yes. So this, I think connects back to the, um, if you're one of the only or one of the first in your position, your identity will be heavily connected to um, how well you do for anyone coming after you. And so one thing that I noticed, and someone even gave me this advice who was not black, a place where I worked, is like, let's use performance reviews as an example. If I have people on my team who are not white, who are black, who I'd like to see, like with many people, improvements, (laughs) I know that if I fully try to be honest about where I see there being uh, needs for improvement or areas of improvement, that that will look harsh, that will be a harsh assessment of myself mm-hmm. um, and that person, if they're a black person, and that's something I've experienced. And it doesn't come, it doesn't, it didn't come with an element of, oh, thank you so much. For sharing in a, in an honest way where there are areas of growth, how can we support you and your team with additional resources in support of that growth? It's right. more of the why were you messing up? It, it very quickly turned, turned a conversation into what punishments are <laughs> can we use mm-hmm. for as it relates to you and as it reverts for uh, as it uh, what it means for your 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 team. So that that sense of recognizing how I show up, um, that's one piece. How I show up and how I assess them and work with them is going to be a more harsh assessment in general. The other piece, I'm sure you've heard that thing of um, one of the signs of, one of the markings of a good boss is not letting the toxicity roll downhill. Mm -hmm. So, but what happens when that toxicity is systemic? Right. meaning you're black leading a team, you have black members of your team, you're also getting all sorts of things <laughs> being in your position of leadership, and your team is getting their own flavor of it, maybe not with the same proximity to, to, to the C-suite as you are, but recognizing that I'm also navigating a lot Yes. while I'm trying to manage and support you as a black person. um, it's something that's very hard because you don't really want to ask your team to be like, "Well, you know, give me some slack and help me with this," because I'm a black person trying to, you know that that doesn't feel right. Right. But it's real. Um, but yeah, yeah. What about you?
0: I I think for me, my question always with anybody black with anybody is, "Do you like black women? Yes or no." Mm that will tell me everything I need to know about how I'm going to interact with you moving forward. And so for me, having been a, as a boss, having been a boss, you know, having other black people on my team is, do you ride with and for black women? And I've had to ask myself this a lot with black men and dealing with them. And, you know, that, that can often be a power dynamic. That's interesting and challenging. And so if, they rock with black women. That's the first thing I need to know that honestly, mm-hmm. that colored how I'm going to protect you. Now I'm always, I've, I've always given my best because I do believe as a supervisor, as a manager, a director, whatever you are, your responsibility is to help your team grow and to be the best that they can be, to give their best and to get the best that they can out of this job that they have. And so that's always a baseline for me. But in terms of how much game I'm going to put you on depends on what I'm getting from you. So, you know, but I, I, I think by and large, I, I did try to let all of my, team members particularly the black staff know hey these are the things that are going on these are the things that I can tell you there's some things that I can't being very honest with them about the situation and taking it from there and also Mm -hmm. knowing that but you're not going to make me look bad or lose my job and those are just the facts yeah so even if it means you know you have to on this performance improvement plan I don't want that for you and I'm going to do everything I can to prevent something like that from happening because I that's like going into the prison system like it's just a horrible situation Mm -hmm. and they don't really get the benefit out of necessarily but that I would not allow that to come back on me in a way where the work isn't getting done or something like that because I believe in having a certain standard for the work. So as long as it's not impacting those things and even even with that I feel like I'm going to be more understanding but that only goes so far like if you're struggling and you you've got the kids to pick up and you've got all these other responsibilities and things it's like I have context for the situation within which you're working. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going I'm going to say I'm going to give you I'm going to cut you some slack. I am. I was, yeah. you know, I'm going to cut you some slack in that situation, but you know, don't, but don't do me, mm-hmm. don't, don't do me dirty. Cause I, I think sometimes that can happen where that can, where that relationship can be taken advantage of because you have that camaraderie with the staff. Yes. And so that's a, that's always a fine line and it, it's not always, it, it can get blurry.
1: Definitely. Yeah. A lot of that, that really resonates with me that, that reality of, um i'm going to show up for you as a black leader for my black team understanding your your context um what's going on in your own life but when we agree to things when commitments are made and then promises are not kept and then there's just that consistent ask of like can i just get some more slack can i get some more slack at a certain point, it's like we we need to achieve what we said we're going to achieve. Absolutely, and especially given the work that we're usually doing, there is a directly impacted community that is supposed to be <laughs> seeing their material conditions change, power shifted, all these things. So we want to you know make sure to, to to execute on those things. And then the other side of that is, and I'm sure you've seen this as well. I could call you out as a st- as a person of my staff who's black. I could write you up. I could do these things, but then I can look across the organization and see people who are white people of other identities who are doing the same thing as you and being promoted, not, right. not executing, not fulfilling on, on all th- on the promises and the things they said to do, not being put on a pip. So there's also that piece of do I like, do I really put a mark on people right um, who are black? when they're navigating the organization in very similar ways that others are without getting any blowback. And Absolutely. I've
0: with that. It, it it is a struggle and I think for me as I said in those circumstances, you know, I do think about myself and what is it what is this going to mean for me and my work and all the things that I have to do. And so, but I, I do believe that hey, I I want to protect you as much as I can um in this scenario given that there are non black people who do these same things, and they keep failing forward and That's always in the back of my mind mm-hmm. do you do you think do you believe that black people owe each other camaraderie at work
1: so it's funny, I was thinking about this um to your point around like you know do you do you ride with black women do you support black women? I think the thing that that comes up for me is I'm working with you, things are going well, things are then not going well, I will probably not work with you. I probably will not be, you know, hey, we have this new initiative, I'd love to work with you on this because you're another black person in my workplace. But if we are in public, or if we are working on something that's across the organization, if it's this, it's that, and I see anything of anyone else trying to say anything negative about that person, trying to limit what that person is able to do, that sort of thing, I will step in. Mm-hmm. So I, I am not interested in supporting uh, the deteriorating or, or, or being a part of harming the reputation of other black people within the office. Right. But I will make the choice for myself based on how I assess and work with someone um, and, and their abilities and, and all of those things. Obviously, contextually, whether I'm going to, like, say, we are partnered on this and working on this thing together and tied together and seeing the performance and results from it, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think for me, I don't know that we owe it to each other. Well, I want to believe that we owe it to each other, but I know that's not reality. And I think for me, what... I've expected and wanted is we might be in different departments. We might not necessarily work with each other and maybe we don't have the same values necessarily, or maybe we just don't gel or for whatever reason, we're just not closer or whatever it is. But if something happens in the office, if something happens in the organization that has to do with race Mm-hmm. I expect, I want us to be on the same page yes. and to know that, hey, I, I've got your back in this scenario. If someone is speaking ill of you or whatever, if I know, if I know you, you know, I am going to stand, I'm going to say something. But again, you know, I've seen that backfire sometimes, but by and large, that's how I feel. What has been your experience with non-black people of color? And have they been the villains for you at work?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, yeah, I think especially during this time um, and people having, it's going to sound weird, but people having greater access to kind of the, the language around liberation, the terms used, the uh, volunteer opportunities, the getting involved with this campaign, that campaign, the proximity to the, um, the work that's been, that's been done many times led by black people, sometimes in collaboration with indigenous, uh, other uh, POC communities. There, there, people have an ability to talk the talk but then, when you look at the way that they actually operate, um, who they fire, who they promote, who they uh, give grace to, many times it's not black people, right? Um, or it can be in that way of uh, I don't know if you saw that that I forget what what episode that was, is it maybe season one or season two of Insecure, where the character is um, a black guy. Well I'm blanking on the names right now, but. He submitted uh, an app to his company. He's in a tech company. Was it Lawrence? Yeah, I think, yes. And he's looking for feedback from two, uh, well, they were white bosses. And they just keep talking about his shoes. Being like, you know, those shoes are so great. And <laughs> th- instead of actually getting real. So that other thing of non-black POCs, Trying to I guess not be racist by not showing up authentically and actually supporting you and more like oh I can I can talk tell you about this oh I was involved in this rally I was involved in that or oh I love the streetwear blah 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 but then when you're in the meetings they're not really championing <laughs> what you're sharing they're not supporting you to be able to um, do your work in the best way so um but yeah, it's been a lot of the kind of I, I hear you and I get this, but then the way that they act is completely opposite to the, the, the terminology and the liberatory language that they use. Yeah. What about for you? That's
0: a really good point. Um, I feel like we could say so much on this topic, um, but I, I, I think for me what I've experienced is, um, I think the question I always have is what level of anti-blackness do you have within yourself or within your community and whatever level that is impacts me and your and how you relate to black people and so I have seen that be the struggle around around that around their own challenges or issues or you know whatever they're doing whatever their issues that are anti-black And that impacts a lot of how they show up. I think their proximity to whiteness Mm -hmm. um, often determines how they show up for black and other people of color in the office. And so if they identify more white or if they can identify more with that, I think that they often will distance themselves. Not always, but a lot of time will distance themselves. And so for me, it's it's just it's it's peculiar (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a peculiar situation and because they're they're not black and they don't have you know and I don't expect them to to know everything about my experience or anything like that but I I do hope that there's some type of camaraderie sometimes there is sometimes when you have those moments and it's like the same thing that was done to me was done to you You know what I mean? And we can meet in those moments, but I've often found when the chips come, when when the chips are down, that they often lean into whiteness. And it's like, because you're black and I'm not, and only one of us is surviving here. Again, it's that same sort of scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and mentality. And also I think it's just how, you know, it's, it's hard to know, well, how do you feel about black people? You know, what were you taught? Because some of, you know, they could grow up with the same messages that a lot of white people get. Yes. And so that will impact how they show up, how they interact and engage, you know, all those things. But yeah. So some of they, some of them have been super villains Mm -hmm. for me in the workplace, but also again, some of the people, one, one, one Asian woman in particular, I'm thinking of who, I mean, really had my back. I mean, she, she held my feet to the fire in a lot of ways to make sure that I was on top of what I had to be on top of, but she also really showed up for me. And so I, I think that it, it, again, it's a mixed, it's a mixed bag, but uh, you know, I'm often thinking about, you know, their, um their anti-blackness and how that will impact how they show up.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, what I'm hearing and what you're sharing, too, is that whole thing of, you know, I'm in solidarity with you when it's convenient. Right. So there might be moments, like you're saying, where there's a crisis or they're also being targeted where they really show up. He's like, wow, I'm now understanding. And, the, and then once that moment passes and they are able to align more with the white dominant culture in some way, you know, start being jokey, jokey again with the leadership. Do do whatever it is, and not and not actually have to hold on to the the tenants that were um, part of the way in which they were in solidarity with us when there was a crisis that we needed to work through. Um, it's clear, you know, it becomes very clear as to is this something that's that's part of who they are, or is it something where they um, Needed it in the moment. They needed to be in solidarity with us because they were a target, right? And and this is something that also I wanted to name when you're working with someone who could be in senior leadership or in the C-suite who is black, and they are trying to um, kind of keep you at an arms arms length or mm-hmm. like keep you at, at a distance because there's this mindset of like, you don't know what it's like, you know, of like, you don't understand the pressures and limitations at the top.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, does that mean that you can't support <laughs> me as a black person and, in, and in, in the ways in which I want to see change happen or that kind of, um, forget the, the, the word for this, but Trina, we already know, like we already know when we got it, you right. know, the way that like, you know, the de Blasio administration would respond to basically everything. You know, like, oh, we already we already got the w- this. is in process. And de, de Blasio being
0: um, <laughs> former mayor of New York City.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Um, you know, why are you only bringing this up now, even though it's something that's been a constant piece of conversation? Is this really necessary? Um, you all don't know how good you have it. Like, I'm a black person who came up during this time. And you, younger black people, now at this organization, you don't know how good you have. It. Like all of those dynamics that can also be generational sure. as it relates to uh, how we're in um, uh, alignment with each other or not.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I try to be understanding of people who have had really bad experiences, particularly if that's what made them the villain. You know, because they've been the only one for so long and so this has been their experience and or maybe they've had another black person or whomever turn on them and so this is who they've become. And then some people are just terrible people. You know? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> so there's there's that too. But I, I I will say we um we're getting ready to wrap here and so we won't go into this now, but I think going back to non- non-black people of color um, and them being the villains and working with them. um, And that's a whole other topic. But I think part of the reason why I separate black people from other people of color is because of those anti-black sentiments and dynamics in other communities Mm -hmm. that a lot of folks often don't address. And as a black person, as a black woman, I don't have the luxury. I don't have the ability to not go there. And so, when those issues haven't been addressed, certainly they have their own challenges and they have their own um, biases and discrimination experiences that they have to deal with. And then it's like to compound that, though, with my experience as a Black woman, it, we're not always in alignment. And I think sometimes maybe they might choose to assimilate more, and that because they can assimilate more. And that can cause friction as well, and sometimes, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> there's a lot more that could be said here. Yes, um, David, any final thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I'm I'm gonna think a lot more uh, about what this has looked like for me as a boss um, working with black staff. And what's that, what that's looked like in terms of how I show up, um, how am I in, you know, in between, you know, the leadership and and the staff themselves, like what's passing through, what's not, how am I championing their work? And um, because, yeah, that, that position and that positionality, there's a lot of possibility there, but you also are being squeezed. Yes. (laughs) From so many different directions that your energy and your, you know it's a challenge. But um, yeah, I really appreciate getting to getting to talk about this because many times we, we don't get to talk about this in a, you know, quote unquote public setting. Absolutely. What about you?
0: Um, I, I think the the main takeaway for me or what I'm chewing on is the scarcity mentality that so many black people or other people of color have in the workplace in nonprofits? And how do we begin to bridge the gap so that they don't feel so compelled to treat people badly because of that feeling like there can only be one? Mm -hmm. Now, that's separate and apart from someone who's just a terrible person or boss in general versus the person that has felt so pressured because of their circumstances that this is now how they show up. So, yes. what are the ways in which you know we can begin to have those conversations? Is is what I'm leaving this with.
1: Yes, yes, so that's so important.
0: So that is all for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and um, you know, we'll we'll keep keep the conversation going.
1: Yes, thanks everyone. Thanks for all the you know downloads, the rating reviews. You know, we love doing this for you all and with you also. Excited for the next episode.
0: Thank you.